morning. Welcome to drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I wanted to come in and uh, <laughs> talk to you guys about something that is, uh, it may not on the surface seem like a conversation that links to things like economics and stuff like that. But as I told you all, you know, um, uh, one of the magic, one of the pieces of magic of understanding things like economics at a certain level is that you connect the dots in areas where uh, it seems like the dots don't connect. And so, uh, so Jay Alexander Legacy, let me tell you what I what was on my mind today. So I was uh, reading this article uh, that was sent to me by a brother. Uh, his uh, name online is Mark the Great. I think he spells great with an eight. And I, I met him playing uh, Call of Duty online. And he, uh, <laughs> he sent me this article from the New York Post. And the New York Post basically uh, makes an interesting argument that they that appears to be logical that says black women should consider dating white men. Uh, that's what the article title is. Um, it's it's really interesting. I'm gonna read some of it to you and kind of break it down for you in terms of of, of seeing some nuances in this article that uh, we should uh, consider. Now Terry says uh, you be killing it, uh, killing on a Call of Duty. Yeah, I I, I started uh, just messing around with. The metaverse and video games and all that and i think gaming is so much fun so that's one of my little hobbies now but anyway um do me a favor hit the thumbs up button thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up and let me ask you all a question uh uh first of all how many of you feel that dating that black women dating white men is kind of encouraged how many of you feel that you know maybe it's part of a liberal agenda uh that, that there is an agenda there's an agenda toward maybe interracial dating or uh homosexuality or other things that you know that that maybe that maybe some people may not be completely on board with. How many of you feel that that this is promoted? That this is really something that's called sort of pushed through media. Give me a yes in the chat if you felt that way. Um, and I'm going to say this. Uh, you know, let's make this clear. Some of y'all in here, you know, are in interracial relationships. Um, I have people in my family that are in interracial relationships. I am never ever going to judge you harshly because you're in an interracial relationship. Let's get that clear right now. I'm not a person who runs around, you know, I'm, I'm a black man, but I'm not so blackity black that I think black don't stink because there's a lot of stinky black out here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of stinky black out here in the world. I, I don't, you know, so I don't think, I don't walk through life thinking black don't stink or that a white person can't be a good person or that you don't have the right to date who you want to date. Maybe that makes me different from other people. I have no idea. I don't really care, but I want to make that hundred percent clear so that you don't feel you're not invited to this conversation just because you date a white woman or a white man, okay? So let's be clear about that. We don't we do not do that here. We ain't hate trying to hate people. I'm not trying to teach you how to hate nobody. I'm teaching you, I like to teach you how to think, but not how to go crazy and be irrational. Uh, so, so, so here's what, the second point I wanna make about this, this article, and I'm gonna read a little bit of, of it to you where the New York Post is making this argument to say more black women should date white men and the, the gist of the argument, I'm going to give you the gist and I'll read a little more. The gist of the argument is pretty much what I thought it was going to be. It basically says that if you look at Katanji Brown Jackson, you all seen Katanji Brown Jackson has a white husband. And if you look at Kamala Harris, who also has a white husband by the name of Doug, she calls him Dougie. Dougie got in it. Anyway, I'm talking about Dougie Fresh. Uh, she, taught, she has a husband named Dougie that got her, that helped her elevate in, you know, in politics. The general argument has been similar to shows like Scandal, that a white man is better equipped to help an educated black woman 
rise through the heights of white society, right? That a white man, that being married to a white man, particularly one that went to Harvard, uh, Katandria Brown Jackson's husband, I read her whole bio in detail. She's an extraordinary family, a brilliant lady. Uh, you know, I have no reservation, no, no big problems with her being on the is she, is she perfect? No. But but I don't, I'm not here, out here fighting against the nomination of Katandria Brown Jackson. I have bigger fish I'd rather fry. Um, but, but, you know, her husband is a seventh generation Harvard graduate, seventh generation, right? Ain't none of y'all Negroes up in here that got descendants of slaves. Ain't none of y'all, 99.99999% of y'all ain't no seventh generation of no university because your great-great-great-grandparents couldn't go to Harvard. Your great-great-great-grandparents couldn't go to Yale. Your great-great-great-grandparents couldn't go to Stanford. <laughs> Your great-great-great-grandparents couldn't even use the same water fountain as a white person. So, so, so this goes to a point that I think that should be understood about race in America. Even though we probably will have the first black woman on the Supreme Court, I think that's great. I have no problem with that. We still have a Supreme Court in which no Supreme Court justice in American history has ever, 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 never, never, no, never, not ever, ever, no, never, ever been married to a black person. Did y'all know that? Not one single Supreme Court justice has ever married a black person. Uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson didn't marry a black person. Uh, Clarence Samba show as hell didn't marry a black person. And Thurgood Marshall did not marry a black person. He married a Filipino woman who worked for the NAACP, which is a Jewish organization that uh, represented the interests of, of black people. Not that they're terrible, but I think it's important that we start using facts. I think it's important that we stop convoluting com racial conversations and making them stupid. Right. It's the stupid conversations that have kept you standing still. Still, I want to see the intelligent conversations happening where we just call it for what it is. Right. So so here's the deal. Look. So so why is it? Pay attention now. Why is it that you, you're going to have a black woman on the Supreme Court? You've had black men on the Supreme Court, but you've never had a black a person on the court who's ever married a black person. It, it, does it not matter? Is it irrelevant? No, it's highly relevant. It's highly relevant. It's relevant because do you, you guys know, and you guys know we have book club meetings every Wednesday. We were reading Dr. Claude Anderson books. You do know that black people coming together as a family unit or as a cultural unit or as a group to do damn near anything was considered pretty much illegal. They had laws that said black people can't even gather in groups of four people without all of y'all going to jail. Because we know that when y'all getting together, y'all you're, you're accumulating power the same way labor unions accumulate. Why, why do you think Amazon fought against labor unions so so long? Because they know that when workers get together, there's power, right? When, whenever you see a union between two like-minded people with the same objective, where they're working together to accomplish something as a collective, that is the accumulation of power. And the goal of any oppressive society is to disarm anybody who's seen as a threat. So the reason that black marriage has never happened for anybody on the Supreme Court, the reason that you're right, Kamala Harris is more likely to be vice president with Dougie on her arm than she is if she had Tyrone, is because the union of a black man and a black woman is one of the most threatening things to white supremacy that there is. The black family, having a strong black family, is one of those things that is able to pierce through white supremacy. If white supremacy is Superman, the black family unit is kryptonite. When you get the kryptonite and you get it working, 
Superman has no power. White supremacy doesn't have power in our house because my mom and daddy have been married 47 years and raised three strong black children who ain't walking around worried about a white man having his foot on our neck. We don't, we don't even think about that stuff. We don't have to deal with that. Not because we're not black, but because we have a family unit we can lean toward when we're looking for our strength. We're not looking for validation from the world We get because we have validation at home. We, man, we, we just like you cook your own food in your house to make it healthy, to know what's gonna be in it, the ingredients in it. Well, we cook our own self-esteem at home. We cook our own validation at home. So we know what's going in that. Because if you don't have that, when you have broken families, where you got little girls going out to the world looking for validation from random ass, raggedy ass men because their daddy wasn't there to give it to them, well, they, there's going to be poison that comes with that validation. So it's going to come with strings attached. Or if you have black folks who don't know who they are, they don't know their history, they don't have any pride in going home, so they wander the world looking for somebody to tell them that they're relevant, please give me a job, give me a fancy office, give me a fancy title, make it, give me something so that I can feel relevant. Well, that's because they didn't get that relevance at home. If you feel relevant already, you don't need nobody to make you relevant. If you already ready, you don't got to go get ready. If you don't need, if you're already elevated in your mind, then I don't need a stranger to, to, to tell me that I matter. I don't need someone to tell me that black lives matter because I already know that my life matters. Okay. So why, do, why am I bringing all this up as I talk about this argument that's made by the New York Post about more black women need to marry black men? I mean, excuse me, white men. I, I get it, right? Again, I'm not judging interracial marriage. I, I have to be real careful about that because I have people that I really care about who are in interracial relationships. And I and I know that black power scares you. I know that a black man telling the truth makes you nervous. I know that me speaking the way I speak makes me think that I'm going to waste my energy being mad at you or hating you. But I don't do that. I don't. That's not what the goal is. The goal is not to judge what you're doing. If you're feeling self-conscious about your white husband, then that's that's really on you and him. That has nothing to do with what I'm saying right now. I'm advocating in favor of black love, in favor of black relationships, in favor of black family. I'm not advocating against anything. OK, so with that being said, um, one of the interesting things about this argument that's made, this argument that says, look, but it's very basic. Black women have all this education. Black women want to be, do things like become, you know, Supreme Court justices and and vice president of the United States. White men are better equipped to help them do that. I actually understand exactly where that's coming from. And, and, and but what I also want you to understand is that that is a fundamentally white supremacist argument. That is a fundamentally white supremacist argument. Well, why would you say that? Well, let me explain why. Well, because who's better equipped to help you rise in white society? than a white man. Seriously, who's better equipped to help you? You know, becoming, think about this. How do you become vice president of the United States? Can you become vice president? Give me a yes or no in the chat. Answer this question for me. Can I become vice president of the United States if only black people are supporting me? If white people don't support me? Can I, can I possibly ever become vice president without overwhelming support from white people in this country? Is that possible? Yes or no? No, you can't. You can't. Right. So so becoming vice president, let's just be clear. It's remarkable in a certain context. But there's other contexts where becoming vice president of the United States doesn't mean shit to any to, to certain. There are certain people who say, I don't want that job. I don't want to be vice president. I don't care if white people love me. I don't have time for that. I, ain't ha I don't have time to seek the approval of white America. And white people do not 
have you know, ice cream cones and gold and platinum coming out of their ass cracks. There's nothing special about being loved by white people that makes me a better black man. I'm not, this is not anti-white. I'm not being mean. I hope I'm not, I'm probably hurting your feelings a little bit, but I'm not trying to. I'm telling you the truth. There ain't nothing about, there's nothing magical about getting approval from white people. Nothing. So Kamala Harris becoming vice president of the United States and saying, look, mom, I made it. Look, dad, I'm, I, I am somebody. Well, uh, me, if I'm her daddy, I turn around and say, no, baby, you were somebody before all these white people started to adore you. And because you already were somebody, my question is, are you, are you less relevant now that you've neutered your ability to help the black community because you're trying to so-called allegedly help the black community while simultaneously seeking approval from the very people who have killed and oppressed black people for 400 years. Why in the hell are you working so hard to get the approval of people who have positioned themselves as a sworn enemy to the people that you love? Why does that matter to me? Why are you seeking the approval of somebody who don't like you? Seriously. What's wrong with you? What mental illness do you have inside your brain that makes you think that me getting white folks to like me suddenly makes me relevant? I'm on it. I've been, boys Watkins, boys Watkins, everything he did up until 2022 wasn't worth a damn. It wasn't nothing. When he was talking about Dr. Claude Anderson, that wasn't nothing. Now he's big time. Now he's now he's hosting the mass singer. You know, now he's America's favorite, favorite black man. Now he's on a TV show. <laughs> Now he done got elected to office, y'all. Boy, he done came up, y'all. No, no. Me being elected to vice president of the United States would not be a come up for me. It would be the watering down of a black man who doesn't have to apologize for shit. I don't have to ask permission from nobody to come and talk to you. I mean, I barely had to tell my wife I was about to sit down and to have this conversation with y'all. I just tell it because I love my wife and I like to let her know what's going down. But at the same time, th that, that would not be an improvement. So what am I saying? Where am I getting at with this? I'm getting at the fact that I hope that you understand that being closer to white people is no symbol of any kind of success whatsoever. It certainly means they're going to pay you more money. Yes, because they have all the damn money. It certainly means maybe you might get on TV. And that's cool, right? It's good for your self-esteem. But at the end of the day, you got to be real careful about these little stupid pet tricks they use to capture the minds of black people and make you think that somehow um, getting acceptance from the oppressor makes you a better person. In many cases, it makes you worse. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Share, subscribe, all the good stuff. Uh, reminder, you guys know we have the All Black National Convention happening in October, October 28th through the 30th in Charlotte, North Carolina. We have a, it's like a big family reunion. It's a lot of fun, a lot of training, education, panels, speakers, we, a gala. We just have so much fun. We have a blast. Speed dating. We're doing all kinds of stuff there. So if you'd like to join us, just go to boycewalkins.com or if you're on Instagram, hit the link in the bio. Please uh, feel free to do that. And, uh, and I hope to see you there. All right. Uh, and by the way, I want to give a shout out to a brother I met today from South Carolina. I did not I do not have his name, but my heart goes out to him. He told me that his daughter was just killed, uh, just shot in the head this week. And um, it was an accidental shooting, but but he was really going through it. And uh, I met him down in the lobby of the hotel and we talked for a minute. And uh, I just want to you know, say a prayer for his daughter because it really broke, broke my heart to hear this story. Uh, but anyway, let, let me get back and get refocused. But I just wanted to uh, share that we, we got to you know, talk about the things that happened with our kids. All right. So anyway, here, here's the deal. All right. So let's, let's jump back into this conversation. OK, so New York Post is basically making the argument that 
Katanji Brown Jackson and Kamala Harris, those are those should be models for black women, right? And and they make the argument that black women have more formal education than white than black men, which statistically is true. They make more money uh, than black men, which statistically is true. And because of this differential, they should consider marrying white men because white men can match them in terms of money and status and formal education. All those things to some extent can be, that's a valid argument to a point. Now, let me just sort of give you uh, an, an understanding of that context. Well, first of all, number one, uh, remember that in America, the game was rigged in a certain way because all of the black men who have the greatest amount of potential, many of them were locked up when white men like Joe Biden and Bill Clinton got together and formed mass incarceration bills that decided to lock up a large percentage of black men. So that's the first thing. It doesn't mean I, I'm not telling you to sit here and whine about it. I'm just telling you the facts. So the mass incarceration epidemic, the reason you won't see me voting for any politician, Democrat or Republican, until they do give us reparations is because they owe you reparations for mass incarceration. They owe you reparations for destroying your families. They owe you reparations for sending your daddy, your uncle, your little brother off to prison and giving them 50 year sentences for stuff that white boys never get locked up for. There are guys in prison right now and women as well who were locked up in the early 90s for dealing with a little bit of crack while Joe Biden's son, Hunter, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, from what I understand, has images of him with crack pipes like in his mouth. I don't know if it was a crack pipe in his mouth, but I know that this man is known for having crack binges and ain't nobody try to give him 80 years in prison, even though Joe Biden spent a lot of time saying that those sentences were appropriate for people that look like you and I. Right. So to some extent, when you are a black woman who says, dang, ain't no good black men around, I'm going to go get me a white man. I'm not criticizing you. But what I'm saying, though, is that you got to understand he rigged the game in a certain way where he basically killed your husband and said, come marry me. Right now, this is something that's been done since the plantation days. This is something this and this is something where black men have to really become alert to the game and understand you're always at war. You're always at war because that other man is always trying to take you out so he can take your woman. He's been doing that since slavery. He would bring in the he would bring the light skinned pretty black girl into the into the big house and leave your leave your black ass out in the field, <laughs> right? And and he because he wanted that black woman right next to him so he could do whatever he wanted to her. The same thing is true to this day, right? So so these are just facts. Um, another interesting thing that you got to understand is that when you're talking about what is status when they're, 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 their simple argument is black women have more status in terms of money, in terms of corporate, you know, corporate positions uh, in terms of formal education than black men. Well, remember, all this is, is like a type of currency. This cultural currency is only valuable in a certain context. Right. Again, this is not rising uh, in terms of uh, your quality as a human being. This is pretty much rising in white society. So when I go to Harvard University, like Katanji Brown Jackson, and I'm trying to get on the Supreme Court where white men pretty much make the decision about who's going to be on that court, I'm not rising in general. I'm just rising in a certain context. I have more cultural currency in white society. It's almost like if I give you a million dollars worth of yen, those yen don't really have value anywhere in the world except for Japan or in a place where you could convert your yen into the local currency. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so when Katanji Brown Jackson rises up the ranks as, as you know, to the Supreme Court and all that, congratulations to her. There are some of us who don't value that cultural currency, right? So, so if you want to, but if you want to rise in white society, 
then perhaps a white man might be better equipped to help you rise in white society because that's his society. If you want to rise in black society, maybe a black man is better to help you rise in black society. So let me use myself as an example. Y'all know I got a, a black wife that I love to death. My wife is brilliant. Uh, she is a full professor of social work. Just to give you context, only 1% of the country gets P becomes a PhD, but only about 10% of that 1% ever become a tenured professor. And only about 10% of the 10% of the 1% ever become full professors. So she's like 1% or 10% of 10% of 1%. Like she's literally one in probably 10,000 in her field. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant on top of her game. Absolutely extraordinary what she does. I applaud her. I applaud her no less than Katanji Brown Jackson's husband applauds her when she's trying to get on the Supreme Court. That's what a man does. A real man is, is able to step to the side and say, you're going to be the star right now. I get to be the star sometimes, but sometimes you get to be the star because you are a relevant and meaningful part of this team that we have called our family. But here's the thing. So you might ask yourself this question. Why would she marry a guy like me? Think about this. I'm not going to, you can't be married to me and expect to ever be on the Supreme Court. You'll be eliminated from consideration in the first, like before you finish filling out the application, right? Uh, I'm not the guy that can ever, you can't be married to me and become Kamala Harris. You can't, uh, I'm sure I've, I've done great in my own right. I've made some money. I, I got my PhD too. You know, I've done my thing, right? But I'm not a guy who's going to have any weight at all in white society. A black woman married to me is not going to get any opportunities from white people. They will fire your black ass on your day off. You will get fired from your job just because they found out they Googled your husband. That's a shitty life to live, right? So uh, why would she marry me? Well, guess what? Let me tell you what happens. See, I can't help you rise in white society, but I can help you. I can get you some clout in black society. I can get Farrakhan on the phone. And, and when we went to see Farrakhan in his farewell speech, I, we were in the, in the near the front row, right? Because I got clout over there. I got That's where my power base is, right? Or I can take you to, um, you know, the all-black national convention and, and you'll, get, you'll be treated as, as, as a, a VIP first lady, right? Uh, you know, or maybe I can take you to some other spaces where intelligent black people come together and, and you'll get, you know, we, we'll, we'll be talking to celebrities. We'll be hanging out with the, the rich and important people, right? Right, because my, because my power base is not over there. My power base is over here. And so what I'm saying to you, this is important for black people to understand. The thing that you're learning now in this generation that you, you did not know in the past is that an intelligent person doesn't leave their power base to go to a place where they are powerless. They stay with their power base. You find out <clears throat> where do you fit in? Where are your unique gifts going to be seen as an asset instead of a liability? Where are you going to be loved instead of hated? Where are people going to want you there because of who you are instead of wanting, instead of allowing you to be there in spite of who you are? When I was teaching at Syracuse University, they didn't want my black ass over there because they're a racist institution. They didn't understand me. I didn't understand them. They didn't get the whole poor black, blackity black stuff. And, and, <clears throat> and nor should they really, because that's just not their MO. That's not who they are. So what I realized was I don't want to be in spaces where I am not loved. Right. And the problem that black people have in general, and this is where the premises argument comes from, it was probably written by a white guy. 
I maybe or maybe it was written by a black person. I don't know. But but you but but here's the problem. The problem that you have as black people is you're constantly looking for love in all the wrong places. You're putting yourself deliberately putting yourself in spaces where people hate your black ass. They don't like you. They they have a hard time getting used to you. They don't understand you. They're confused by you. They get mad at you. And then you go and you sit with your other friends who also were taught to look for love in all the wrong places. And y'all sit around at Applebee's with drinks, complaining about what white people did to you that day. Let me tell you what these white people did to me on my job. They mean to me. They did microaggression. See, they talked about my hair. Right? That's because they don't. They they don't. They don't. Give a shit about it. They don't understand your hair. They don't like your hair. They don't. That maybe you need to be around people who are going to see your hair and say, "Girl, you look good." Maybe that's what you need to work. Why are you even trying to work with people who are going to look at your your beautiful hair that you spent hours preparing and then say, "Damn, that's ugly. Let me touch it." Ugh, what is that? That looks like you came out of the jungle. Who wants to work with somebody like that? Who wants to seek approval from people who think like that? Why in the world would you want to be around people who look at you and say, my God, you are so inferior to me, but I'm going to let you in because I feel sorry for you because you clearly have no value in the world. Otherwise, unless you come marry me, girl, then I can I can help you become somebody. I can help you get that self-esteem. <laughs> See, you know, black people are beautiful the way we are, you know, and, 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 and the, the reality, the truth is that what racism does is it teaches you that something's wrong with you from birth, that you have a disability from birth, and that you're not worthy from the time you're born. And the only way you can become worthy <clears throat> is if somebody else decides that they're going to tell you that they're worthy. That's where things like winning, that's why we get so excited when a Black person wins an Oscar. Oscars, historically racist organization, but we we need their validation in order to feel like we're relevant. That's why we have black people that feel like they need to win a Grammy to really become a good musician, even though black people have always had the best musicians in the world. Right. That's why we feel like we need that corporate job with the corner office and the fancy title. We could call and say, Mama, look, Mama, I made it. I am somebody now. I'm an important person now. The reality is that you were important all along. You just didn't have the infrastructure necessarily in your community to give you that validation before you know Mr. White Man comes along. So so what I'm saying to you is that overall, you know, when I think about this article, and I'm not even gonna really read it, you can look it up. It's called Why More Black Women Should Marry White Men. Um, I understand where they're coming from. They're saying, look, if you want to rise in white society, if you want to be like Kamala Harris or Katanji Brown Jackson, then you should marry a white guy because their white husbands helped them to get there. Um, Kamala Harris's husband's a powerful lawyer who had connections, and that's how she got to where she is. Or that was a big piece of that, right? Um, Katanji Brown Jackson's husband is a uh, a powerful surgeon, and he's also a seventh generation Harvard graduate. That's how she got to be where she is. So, so what does that say? Like, why in the world would you want to marry a black man like me, right? If you could go and marry a guy that's going to help you become vice president of the United States or whatever? Well, it comes down to your value system. If you value being uh, accepted and loved in white society, then I wouldn't be the man for you, right? Black men like me shouldn't apply, right? But if you value investing in the black community, if you want to be in the trenches with your people, if you want to see your community elevate, well, then marriage, who you choose to marry is a very important personal decision because as powerful as Katanji Brown Jackson is on the Supreme Court, she will never have as much impact on the black community as like, say, a Louis Farrakhan. 
She never will because she ain't thinking about black people 90% of the time. 99% of the time, she's thinking about what white folks want her to think about. She's a, Same thing. Kamala Harris, is. It, it, she can't be as impactful on the black community as people who are right there in the community with a black family raising black children around black people doing black things with the majority of her time because she doesn't have time for that. Right. So so you got to think about where you position yourself and also who you marry. It's, it's a lot like an investment. It really is an investment. Uh, I talk to you guys about financial investments all the time because you guys know my Ph.D. is in finance. That's what I lo- That's what I can talk about, like the back of my hand. But one thing I have unearthed and one thing I want you to understand very clearly is that the majority of your most valuable investments have nothing to do with money. When you marry somebody, you're investing your life. That's far more valuable than money. So so when you say, look, I can't be married to a black woman or I can't be married to a black man, I'm trying to become vice president. This white guy can help me do that, but a black guy can't help me do that. And what you're effectively saying is I don't really want to invest in in the black struggle because it's not going to come with the rewards that I value the most. I'm going to go and hitch my wagon to somebody who can help me elevate. I'm going to invest my life into the asset, which would be my spouse who can help me get the best ROI in the currency that I cherish the most. So so the the difference between myself and a Kamala Harris and why I told you all from the very beginning, I told you all years ago, before I met my wife, I said, I don't know if I'm gonna get married, but if I get married, I'm marrying a black woman. That was me saying that if I'm gonna invest something as precious as my life, I'm gonna invest it in, in the black experience. I'm gonna invest it in the space where one, I'm more valued and two, my impact is going to have um, the most relevance, right? If I if I come along and I'm marrying Becky Smith, who helps me go and get some corporate opportunity or whatever somewhere, that's really me stepping away from my power base as opposed to stepping into it. So start with your value system. Um, again, if you marry a white person, I'm not telling you that you're a bad person. I'm not dogging you. I don't, I'm not making fun of you. I told you I got people in my family that marry white people. I wrote, uh, you know, I have someone in my family marrying a white guy. He's a great guy. Right. So so this is not anti-white. This is really more pro-black. And I want you to understand that the greatest weapon against oppression that the black that black people have is your families. When you build a, a solid, strong black family, it's very difficult for them to penetrate in a way that they could when you have a broken family or when you have a family where people don't necessarily know how to stick together. OK, so just keep that in mind. And uh, that's what it is. That's all I have to say about that. You can go look up the article. Why more black women should marry black should marry white men. It's it's kind of you know it's kind of simple and superficial. It's like yeah, you want to make more money. Yeah, you want white people to like you more. You want to get positions like you know Kamala Harris or whatever. Then marry a white man. But I personally think that the struggle is deeper than that. Um, I th- I married a black woman uh, not because it was the easiest route. I married a black woman because it's like yeah, I'm, I want to be in this battle, <laughs> you know. And, I, and 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 being in this battle means aligning myself with other people who. Uh, are in the battle with me. And and, and that's kind of how we think. And that's something that I think you shouldn't apologize for. All right. So anyway, guys, that's all I got to say. I'm out of here. Uh, hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. If you haven't done it, also voicewalkings.com is my website. So feel free to go there. If you want to know what we have going on in the Black Business School. Also, if you want to come to the All Black National Convention, it's going to be in Charlotte at the end of October. Uh, feel free to go to allblacknationalconvention.com or you can go to voicewalkings.com and hit the link right there. Or if you're on Instagram, the link's in the bio. So take care, guys. God bless you. Have a good night. And I will see you soon. Take care now. Love you very much. Peace. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. 
Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.